Today's scripture reading is from Acts, chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. One day, Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. Good morning. This is Missions Weekend here at Alleluia. I'm a little excited about it as missions pastor, but we get to celebrate all of the missions that we are involved with as a congregation. Many of you have been involved with uh, various missions, and so I want to say thank you um, for your involvement with those ways that, that we are following God's call and reaching out to others. We heard in this gospel or this lesson from the book of Acts a story that is 2,000 years old, but it could very well be a modern-day story, right? I mean, how many of us have been in that situation where we're faced with somebody in need right before us? Whether it's a beggar on a street as we walk the streets of Chicago or another city or pull off or onto the interstate at, the, at an intersection, or whether it's a friend or family member who is, again, facing a difficult time coming to us with the need. And when we're faced with those kinds of situations and when we're right face-to-face -face with a person in need, one of the responses is we want to help. Maybe we pity the person or their situation. But we don't want to enable something that maybe got this person into that situation. And so we might hold back. Or maybe we begin to, to judge that person. We wonder how did they get into this situation? What choices did they make that led them here? And maybe very well that is the case, that what they've done in their life or their choices have led them down this road. But maybe it's other circumstances that were beyond their control or most likely... It's a complex combination of both of those things that have led them to this spot. And so we may feel frustrated by it. We may not know what to do. We may even feel indignant at this person for their situation, for wanting us to somehow help them in this situation or help them out of that. What can we do? The situation is so difficult, complex, and so we might turn the other way. We feel uncomfortable, don't we? 
friends of my wife and I uh, were up visiting from St. Louis, and we went to see the play Hamilton. How many of you have seen that? There's a little bit of time left still. You can see it. It's an awesome play. We're, um, we're waiting outside of the theater in line uh, to get into the theater, and we're a captive audience. And so as we're waiting there, I noticed there was a woman in a wheelchair just, just a matter of a few feet away from me, and she's looking at the people there in line, and she's smiling and trying to make eye contact. And then she began to speak. She said, hi, my name's Wanda. I'm sorry to bother you all, but, and then she began to share a little bit about her life and, and some of the needs. And she just put it out there. Here's, here's some things that are immediate needs for me and for my family. If you can help, that would be great. Now, I smiled back and I made eye contact, but, you know, we've been in those situations where it's very uncomfortable and we don't know what we can do and so we don't want to really get involved too much because then are we going to be sucked into something and what's going what's to happen or what, what, what can I possibly do? And so these thoughts go through our minds and we might feel guilty and we might feel helpless and we might feel angry and we might feel frustrated. And then as I'm thinking these things myself about this situation, there go our friends stepping forward. And they went up to Wanda and they began to have a conversation with her. And it was just between them I couldn't really overhear what that was being said. But at the end of it, they hugged. There was no exchange of money or anything. But my friends gave Wanda something much more valuable than a handout. They gave her time, attention. By stepping forward and talking with her, they said, I want to hear your story. I see you. I acknowledge you. I honor your dignity as one of God's creations. They did this after Hamilton, too. They're like, come on, it's late, I want to get home. I learned something very valuable that day from my friends. That sometimes all it takes is just to, just to step out a little bit. To, to move a little bit beyond our world, to move a little bit beyond our comfort zone and simply engage with another human being. They didn't solve Wanda's problems that day. But they spoke into her life and said, you are valued. You are loved. Those living in material poverty, I mean abject poverty in, in the majority world, that, that are, this is not their reality, what we live in. Those who live in that situation tend to when they, they talk about what their needs are and what they're lacking and, 
and when they talk about that need, they don't talk about the things that we might expect them to, the physical needs for, for money or for food or for water, although those are very much needed things, and, and you have to have those basics. But what they talk about more than anything else is a lack of hope, a lack of purpose, a lack of opportunity, a lack of feeling valued and loved. J.M. Biro is uh, a gentleman who grew up um, in abject poverty in, um, in Kenya, in the slums of Nairobi. But listen to him as he tells about how God um, intervened in his life through the Compassion Program. There's so much that I got from Compassion, things that are so dear to me, things that you can never take away from me. And one of the things that I got from Compassion was love. My name is Jay Mbiro. I was born in Matare, Nairobi, Kenya. Growing up as a kid in Matare was not easy. I grew up hungry, without clothes most of the time, without shoes. And as a little boy, I went to the streets of Nairobi and I started begging for food and money. It was one day that I begged the whole day and I didn't have anything. Nobody gave me anything. I saw a woman with a purse and I actually went ahead and, and took it from there and I ran. But I was not lucky enough because I was arrested. That's when I went to prison at the age of nine. I remember kneeling down in prison and I prayed to God. And I said, God, if you exist, please take me out of this prison. I don't want this life. I don't want to live this life anymore. And when you get me out of prison, please get me out of poverty. Because poverty is going to bring me back to this place. When I went back home, I didn't see any hope. I didn't see anything that, that had changed. One day I just went to, to school and my teacher called me. And she said, you are one of the kids that have been selected to actually join Compassion. And I could not believe it. I was super excited. And I remember taking the news home and telling my parents that I've been selected to be one of the kids who are going to join Compassion Center. My life was going to be different. It was such a blessing to get into Compassion. Compassion introduced me to Jesus, and I got to know that if anything else in this world fails, the Word of God will never fail. And it is through Compassion International that I can now stand here and say that God actually had a plan for me. God actually... All along, he knew about me, and he knew my name, and that's why I'm alive right now. I'm a DJ now. I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I DJ as a ministry. And to me, it's just a way of saying to people who helped me, to my sponsor, thank you. My name is Jay Miro, and I am a life changed. Our mission strategy here at Alleluia has been to partner with organizations who are focused more on a hand up than a hand out. 
This has led us to partner locally with Lowe's and Fish's Community Services. We've worked with them for decades, and many of you are probably familiar with them as, as a food pantry and how they uh, help people at that point where they're not able to put food on the table and they can come and receive groceries. And one of the ways that they, or the way they go about that is not simply handing a bag of groceries to those that are waiting in line, but if you volunteered there, ever seen that, and if you haven't, I encourage you to talk to one of our volunteers about getting um, invitations uh, about those opportunities. But they actually go through a, a, a shopping experience. They, they get to shop. It looks like a grocery store. And there's volunteers there to kind of help guide them through that. But imagine being in that situation. Maybe some of you have been at that point or known people that have. These are our friends, our neighbors, people right here in our own community that because of a job loss or medical crisis or other situation in their life find themselves at that point where they're not able to put food on their table or they have to make choices between what are they going to pay for, which bills are they going to try to meet. And so Lowe's and Fish's Community Services is one of those organizations, one of those resources to people available to them in this area where they can go. And one of the comments that we hear over and over from people is how they were treated. That when it was very difficult to come in for assistance, that they were treated with respect and dignity, that they were, they were greeted with a smile, and that people called them by name and engaged in conversation with them. And that's one of the ways that you can serve as a volunteer uh, in doing that, is being one of those people that can help greet uh, those that come through those doors for assistance and assist them with that. Loaves and Fishes has many other services, though, that they connect people to, to help them with jobs, to help them with utility and other uh, bills, to help give them uh, resources and skills to get back on their feet. And the pinnacle program for Loaves and Fishes is called Moving Up. And we are the primary uh, sponsor for this program, our congregation, and this uh, Moving Up program is a 16-week course in which participants, many of whom have been receiving services at Lowe's and Fishes, can go through this course and they're learning life skills, they're learning budgeting, they're uh, learning how poverty and, and that cycle perpetuates and how, uh, what, are, what are ways and strategies to break that cycle. And it's strategies and, and and resources that help with that, but it's also a mindset. And one of the ways that they, that they help get help through this program to change that mindset is by the leaders of that program and by mentors who walk with them and check in with them on a weekly basis and are there to encourage them and support them. And so this is one of the opportunities that you have. Uh, we would love to get a couple mentors from Alleluia to walk alongside somebody who's going through the Moving Up program. And so there's, a, uh, again, there'll be a volunteer out there 
uh, to talk with one of our folks from Hallelujah about the loaves and fishes and also about the Moving Up program and what it, it is involved with being a mentor. And we also serve meals at the meetings where they, they gather as well. So if, if that's something you like to do, you can come and, and uh, help prepare one or two or three of those meals um, to be served at those meetings. We've been very fortunate to host the graduation for the Moving Up program here at Alleluia, and we're going to do that again uh, this coming spring. And so I invite you to come and check that out. Watch for that information um, as that opportunity comes up. It's so powerful to hear the testimonies from these folks who have gone through this program and the impact that this has made on their life and to hear their hope in their voice as they look at their, their plan for their life a year out, five years out, ten years out. Six years ago, as we began to focus more on these partners that are about development, about a hand up rather than a hand out, we partnered with Compassion International in Juanico, Peru. So many of you, 222 kids are sponsored by families and individuals in this congregation in Juanico. And I just want to thank you um, for that partnership and for your uh, participation in that. It is huge. For a, a, a child living in poverty to know that someone so far away knows them, writes them letters, helps to support them in this program, and speaks into their life and says, I love you, I care about you, you matter, you are God's child. That is huge. And so we partner with uh, 15, there's 15 different congregations that have the Compassion Program in the Wanico area. Uh, the city of about 200,000, but much of it, the surrounding area is rural and very impoverished. And so through this program, it's like an after-school program. They can come, they can receive a, a snack, they can re receive um, tutoring, they hear a Bible story, they sing songs together, they play games. But most importantly, they're getting connected to adults and others who care about them. They have social workers that go into their homes and assess the needs of that family and then help to meet those needs. In Six weeks, 10 of us from Alleluia are going to travel once again down to, uh, to Wanico and see and visit with and encourage and support um, the people that are there in the Compassion Program. Most of you can't take that opportunity to go on a mission trip, but just a few steps away in our gym today, you can step into the life of a child in poverty and just get a glimpse into some of the challenges that they deal with. And I want to encourage you to stop by the Compassion Table um, right in front of the Compassion Shack that's out in the, the Well Cafe. We have a number of kids as well as on the Compassion Display and um, in the Compassion Journey itself of kids from our partner site in um, Peru that we helped to start called Nueva Sion. And we helped to start this program just a few years ago, and it has grown immensely. Over 200-plus kids that are in this program, but there are packets of kids uh, that are priority packets. These kids, I've 
beginning to recognize their faces because they're, one, we've been down there, but two, their packets keep coming through, and they've gone six months or a year without a sponsor. So I encourage you to stop by and help us um, to sponsor these kids and begin to speak into their life words of hope and encouragement. Last year, uh, we began partnering with Hope International, and they're focused on kind of the financial end of things. And we, ha- we partner with a Christian Missionary Alliance Church in Comas, uh, Peru, outside of Lima, a very uh, poor, again, poor area um, on the outskirts of Lima. And what they have there are savings groups, these basically small groups, 15, 20 people, like we would have a small group, get together on a regular basis, and they just gather together, they get to know one another, they're in community together, they talk about their lives, they talk about what's going on in the week, they pray for one another, they study the Word together, and, but, and they, they, one of the things that they do, though, is they pool their resources together. And so where banking services maybe aren't available or where they're, the only loan services available are ones that will loan you money but then charge outrageous interest rates so that a person living in poverty can't possibly pay it back. And now they pool their own resources. People living in very materially poor situations bringing 50 cents or a dollar a week, but pulling that together with others over weeks, over months, and building up a, a pot of money, and then from that, they can give loans to one another to help with maybe a small business, to help with medical expenses, maybe school supplies or uniforms, and then repay that to the group. The repayment rate for Hope Hope's uh, savings groups around the world is over 98%. Who in the banking industry would not, like, just leap at the chance to have 98% uh, repayment rate on loans? But they're in community with one another. It's them helping one another out. Um, the group of 10 of us that are going to Peru are going to see uh, some of the work that is being done there in Comas as well. Just a month away from now, it's crazy to think about, but we're going to be starting the collection for Operation Christmas Child. Christmas is just around the corner. I don't know. Has anybody seen Christmas decorations up already? They're going to they're gonna be up there. You know they're coming. Don't get me started on that, but we got to start with the Operation Christmas Child because these boxes, uh, we've got to pack them, and some of you are incredible at cramming in lots of uh, hygiene items, school supplies, little toys into a little shoebox that's then sent to a child living in material poverty somewhere in the world through Samaritan's Purse. And Samaritan's Purse doesn't just hand out this box so that they can have a gift to open at Christmas, but they also hear the good news of God sending his son Jesus. And they're connected to local congregations and local ministries where they can be in community with one another, where they can receive um, encouragement and support from others in their own area. And finally, 
We are very blessed to house one of the packing facilities for Feed My Starving Children right here in our area. How many have been there to Feed My Starving Children just up in Meridian uh, Business Park? And then uh, you can have, uh, there's regular opportunities to go and pack there with others from Alleluia. Again, uh, stop by, see Alan. Uh, he's out there and um, we'd be glad to get you on that list for those, when those opportunities are coming up to pack. Once a year, we, we gather together with others um, from other congregations in the area uh, as we fill uh, North Central College's Resurrect Center and pack over a million meals in two days. And there's currently a desperate need from Feed My Starving Children's Partners for meals. They said for the first time in five years, they may not be able to meet demand. So the demand is very, very real. And Feed My Starving Children works with partners on the ground, local congregations, local ministries and missions that can then not just hand out food, but again invite people into community and begin to transform lives. When they were asked by the beggar in today's gospel for money, Peter and John didn't give a hand out they gave a hand up. Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped the man up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. This man who had been lame from birth, who was brought day after day to be seated in front of the temple, outside the temple, people walking past him day after day for years on end, pitying him, just taking it for granted that that's the way things are. And now the man leapt into the temple. For years up to this day, the man was carried to this place outside, this gate outside the temple to beg for money. Now he leapt into the temple courts praising God. Prior to this day, he was probably looked down upon and pitied. Now his God-given dignity was restored. Before, he seemed hopeless and helpless now he had strength, not only in his legs, but in his heart and mind as well. The man's life was changed, not just because he was healed physically, but because Peter and John took the time to step forward and to pay attention and to speak into his life and to share the love of Christ and the healing power that comes through him. This is what you and I do as we shine the light of Christ, whether it's through our missions together or whether it's through what you do as families or individuals, as you shine the light of Christ you share the need, the, the love and the healing power of Christ with others. 
and offer not simply a hand out, but a hand up. Let's pray. Creator God, thank you. Thank you for your call in our life to be those who reach out to others, to those who share your love and your care with others, especially those who are most vulnerable. For Lord, that is what you have done for us. You have offered us not just a hand out, but you have offered us a hand up. You have reminded us that we are your beloved children. You have reminded us of our own dignity through the gift of your Son. Lord, may we also share that with others. We pray in your name. Amen.